Antediluvian Revelations, a poetic retelling of the Book of Enoch, the Prophet, Part 1, Canto 4. Enoch explores a mothership with new associates. Being no longer resident upon the earth among men whose souls were not eternal the same as his, and having more interest in knowing even greater mysteries than those he had already seen when first he boarded the holy conveyance to appear before God in his throne room, Enoch traveled with new associates among the luminaries of Almighty God's expansive creation and universe. These are the names of the angels who were the holy watchers. Uriel, one of the holy angels, who presides over the luminaries, clamor and terror. Raphael, one of the holy angels, who presides over the spirits of men and healing. Raphael, one of the holy angels, who inflicts punishment on the sinful and unrighteous. Michael, one of the holy angels, who presides over the virtue of truth and prophecy. Sarakiel, one of the holy angels, who presides over the spirits of children who transgress. Gabriel, one of the holy angels who presides over cherubim, all of the earth, and paradise. Banuel, one of the holy angels who presides over repentance and everlasting life. The watchers are not the same as the archangels, whose paths are well marked in this telling of the tale, but there is an importance to know about all of them, by their names and how they preside, as God delegates their conduct and taskings. Beyond the solar system of earth's sun and its extremities, Enoch traveled throughout this place in which nothing was completed, because there did not seem to be any end to it all. There he beheld neither God's tremendous workmanship, where heaven exalted in his majesties, nor of any other earth. Instead, he found a desolate spot, prepared and terrific. In this place he saw seven stars in a heaven, seven intense orbs of light all bound together like great mountains and like a swirling, blazing fire. The sight of this wonder caused him to exclaim, for what species of crime have these stars been bound, and why have they been moved to this strange place? Uriel, one of the holy angels who kept Enoch and guided him, answered by asking, Enoch, wherefore dost thou ask? Wherefore reason with thyself, and anxiously inquire? It is a certain conclusion that Uriel's question was prelude to an answer that might be horrifying to human understanding, because it was his characteristic to invoke terror. Knowing Enoch might not fully understand, Uriel continued his attempt to explain it all. These are the stars which have transgressed the commandments of the Most High God, and here they are bound until the infinite number of the days of their crimes be served until completed. Enoch shuddered to think that this cold place in a vast space was a prison of some sort for sinful stars who offended God but they were just powers of starlight bound together in a containment facility where their powers, that which kills if allowed to escape freely, if allowed to spread and fall upon all the living, could not harm or transgress being securely harnessed until the infinite half-life of their activity ceased in some greater time than can be known to anyone other than God. Being satisfied to at least know that this was no place to tarry, Enoch continued his tour of the holy conveyance with Uriel, who delighted to be his guide and host as it was his pleasure. Enoch came upon another terrific place with wondrous sights. It was the operation of a great fire blazing and glittering, and it was divided in the middle, being separated by columns of fire struggling to come together at the end of an abyss that descended deeply. Neither its full measure nor its magnitude was Enoch able to discover, nor could he determine its origin. Being frightened from the sight of so much unknown technology, so much he could never explain in a lifetime, Enoch exclaimed, How terrible is this place! How difficult it is to explore these vast regions 
these strange fires and endless movements. Uriel answered and said, Enoch, why art thou alarmed and amazed at the enormity of this place, at the sight of this confinement of suffering? This, he said while gesturing toward the nuclear reactor, the particle accelerator, and the photon collider, the eternal power source within the holy conveyance, is the prison of the angels, and here they are kept forever and ever. From that place, not being a place of comfort, nor was it a place where he would be allowed to loiter, Enoch proceeded to another part of the vessel, where he saw a great and lofty mountain to the west, made of a strong rock and having four delightful shapes. Internally it was deep, capacious, and very smooth to touch, so smooth as if it had been rolled over endlessly with some stone wheels that traveled every part of it. It was both deep and dark to behold. Now that Enoch had left from those places which were mostly terrific, where Uriel kept watch over that nothing escaped, Raphael became his guide in this place of vast smoothness, and Raphael was not frightening, being willing to say, These are the delightful places where the spirits, the souls of the dead, will be collected. For them were these receptacles formed, and here will be collected all the souls of the sons of men. These places in which they dwell shall they occupy until the day of judgment and until their appointed time when God determines their dispositions, their appointed period will be long, even until the great judgment. Enoch looked at these enormous, smooth, cylindrical containers, which were similar to gigantic fuel cells or propane tanks. Just as Raphael, the gatherer and keeper of the souls of men, completed his explanation of this place within the confines of their holy conveyance in the heavens and beyond the earth, Enoch heard some of the spirits of the sons of men who had died, and their voices reached out to heaven while they accused each other. Enoch turned to Raphael and asked, Whose spirit is that? The voice of whom is this reaching to heaven and accusing another? He answered and said, This is the spirit of Abel, who was slain by Cain, his brother, and who will accuse that brother until his seed be destroyed from the face of the earth until his seed perish from the seed of the human species. It occurred to Enoch that these voices of the dead had been dead for quite some time, but they had called to each other from what seemed like separate places. Enoch cautiously inquired, with great respect for Raphael, and in consideration of judgment for those who believe on the whole in general, he asked Raphael, Why is one separated from another? He answered, Three separations have been made among the spirits of the dead. Thus, the spirits of the righteous have been separated from the spirits of others. This separation by the judgment are namely by a chasm of fire, by water, and by the light above it. In the same way, sinners are separated when they die and are buried in the earth, judgment day not overtaking them in their lifetime. Raphael paused to see Enoch study in this place intently, perhaps wondering who else he might know there and where those deceased might have already gone in this place. Raphael continued his explanation because there was more to say. Here the souls of those who believed on the whole in general, those who have offended God and his chosen one, are separated. Moreover, abundant is their suffering until the time of the great judgment, the castigation, and the eternal torment of those who execrate, whose souls are punished and bound there forever. Thus, has it been this way from the beginning of the earth? Thus has there existed a separation between the souls of those who utter protests, 
complaints, and insults about others from those who wait for the destruction of their persecutors, that they are both slaughtered and destroyed in the day of judgment for all of these sinners. None of them will obtain mercy from God because they're all guilty of blasphemy and idolatry. A containment facility of this sort has been formed for the souls of unrighteous men and of sinners, a confinement for those who have committed crimes and associated with the impious because they are the same. Their souls will be annihilated on the day of judgment, and they will never rise from this place to live again. Upon realizing the seriousness of this place, and knowing that it was not in Raphael's nature to say things for the purpose of invoking fear or terror, but that all of his response was about the management of human souls and spirits, such as that is Raphael's task, Enoch prayed and blessed the Lord God Almighty, saying, Blessed be my Lord, the Lord of glory and of righteousness, he who reigns over all forever and ever. This was Enoch's tour within this place among the watchers, who cared for Enoch and guided him through the knowing of it all, was what they were tasked to do for God. While watching over humanity from a distant perch like songbirds singing from a seat upon a star in space, where no gust of wind might whisk them away on wing, but they were constant in flight above all that was below. There was gladness in them all, and Enoch was happy too. Even Uriel seemed to have some pleasure seeing the face of so much smiling and satisfaction for this service to God. Having completed his circuit within those confines among his hosts, Enoch looked into the place where he saw the heavens and the sights of all that could be seen from the extremities of earth. There he saw a fire blazing and running along a course without cessation, which never intermitted its course, neither by day or by night. But it continued always the same for an indeterminable distance. Enoch spoke aloud at first not seeing anyone, and he asked, What is this place which never ceases, this fire flowing like a river? Raquel, one of the holy angels who was there with Enoch, answered, This blazing fire which thou beholdest running towards the west is that of all the luminaries of the heavens. In other words, this stream of fire which blazed and ran a continuous course was a nebula, the birthplace of stars throughout the universe. It might have been the Magellanic Cloud or some other celestial nebula which becomes the matter, enabling the formation of a new galaxy. Having more interest in what he could see in this locality, Enoch watched as the view changed to another place where he saw a mountain of fire flashing both by day and night. They continued traveling toward it, and seven splendid mountains which were all different from each other, came into view. The flashing light was a pulsar star, and the mountains were other stars, with their orbiting planets that looked like stones. Their stones were brilliant and beautiful. All were brilliant and splendid to behold, and beautiful were their surfaces. Three mountains were towards the east, and strengthened by being placed one upon another in close proximity, and three were towards the south strengthened in a similar manner of closeness. There were likewise deep valleys which did not approach each other, this being the distance between these solar systems, which comprised a constellation formed in a distant galaxy near some unidentified pulsar star, one day becoming a black hole after it stopped spinning and emitting its antimatter into space, becoming a dead star that reverses polarity and draws matter into itself suddenly and with a flourish of light to create an entirely new galaxy, beginning as a quasar, whereupon the appearance of the heavens will change as the luminaries alter their courses in response to the resulting gravitational changes. The seventh mountain was in the midst of the other six. In length, they all resembled the seat of a throne, 
and among those mountains upon their thrones there were some odiferous trees surrounding them. Among all of these trees there was a tree of unceasing smell. Never there was such a tree as this one, nor of those which were in Eden was there one so fragrant. Of all the blossoming trees, none of them smelled like this one. Its leaf, its flower, and its bark never withered, and its fruit was beautiful. Its fruit resembled the cluster of the palm tree. Enoch exclaimed, Behold, this tree is goodly in aspect, pleasing in its leaf, and the sight of its fruit is delightful to the eye. Michael, one of the holy and glorious angels who was with Enoch, and he was the one who presided over all of them, answered, saying, Enoch, why dost thou inquire respecting the odor of this tree? Why art thou inquisitive to know it? It might have been at that time when Enoch realized, to his temporary embarrassment, that angels could not smell. The watchers were eternal, extraterrestrial, spiritual beings, not requiring an atmosphere the same as Enoch, and they did not breathe the air of this planet. Although his new associates could take human form in his presence, Enoch realized that these heavenly ones were not the same as he was. Enoch replied shyly, feeling himself blush a little. Concerning everything, I am desirous of instruction, but particularly concerning this tree. Michael answered, saying, That mountain which thou beholdest, the extent of whose head resembles the seat of the Lord, will be the seat on which shall sit the holy and great Lord of glory, the everlasting King, when he shall come to the earth to visit with goodness, faith, hope, and love for eternity with God the Father. And the tree of an agreeable smell, not being an odor of carnality or death, there shall be no power to touch until the period of great judgment, when all shall be punished and consumed forever. This shall be bestowed on the righteous and the humble who patiently wait for him. The fruit of this tree will be given to the elect, for life shall be planted towards the north in the holy place, towards the habitation of the everlasting king. Then shall they greatly rejoice and exult in the Holy One. This sweet odor shall enter into their bones, and they shall live a long life, the same as their forefathers on the earth have lived. Neither in their days shall sorrow, distress, trouble, and a punishment afflict them. Hearing these words, and knowing this was about the fruit of the tree of life, and that all worthy of its consumption upon judgment day will come here with the chosen one who will rule in this new heaven over a new earth forever and ever. Enoch blessed God by saying, Blessed be the Lord of glory, the everlasting King, because he has prepared this tree for the elect, and the saints formed it and declared that he would give it to them. This concludes part one, canto four of Antediluvian Revelations, a poetic retelling of the book of Enoch. Be sure to subscribe or follow for future notifications of new episodes. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.